Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие воины этого мира, военнослужащие украинской армии. Что мы откроем, когда будет деоккупирован Мелитополь, Бердянск, Херсон? Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие воины этого мира, военнослужащие украинской армии. Что мы откроем, когда будет деоккупирован Мелитополь, Бердянск, Херсон? Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Got a great follow-up today, something that we actually stumbled into yesterday during the show, and it was actually something that I had written down to follow up on, which is Maxar Technologies, and realized I hadn't done so, and I'm glad. I'm actually... Sort of unhappy that I didn't do that because it would have been even more important for the show yesterday, but it's great to follow up on this to find out, unsurprisingly, like we could have assumed, and I'm glad we didn't because we would, we did our due diligence, that this company is directly tied in multiple ways to the CIA. In fact, there's a person that's on their board of directors that is directly from the CIA. It's just, it's exactly what you might have expected. So that doesn't mean that the information that they're pointing at in, in Bucha is guaranteed to be fake. What it does mean is we shouldn't blindly take it at face value. We shouldn't do that whether or not the CIA is involved, but especially when the CIA is potentially involved, it's, it's obviously something we should take into consideration that maybe they have faked this like they've done before. Now, We'll go through this again. For those that didn't watch my show yesterday on, on that entire discussion, please do so because there's a lot more going on there. We look at all, both all sides of this and we factor in the mainstream narrative and what they're saying happened and you know, we try to go through all of it. Today is going to be just kind of a, a small re, you know, capsulation of that and then we're going forward to this next part of it. But then we're also going to spend the majority of the show today going through COVID-19 and some of the information around that. You might have seen that Fauci, of course, just a gigantic goalpost move. I mean, unbelievable, actually. This this is the entire premise for their whole thing. The herd immunity, that's all we're pushing for. In fact, in the beginning, it was just 15 days to flatten the curve. And then slowly that kind of morphed into, well, maybe long haul. Oh, children are super at risk. And now we have to be careful just in case. And all these hypotheticals that didn't pan out, but that we know aren't actually the case as much as they're still trying to push that in. The point over above all of this, guys, is through COVID, they are just doubling, tripling down on things that have been even disproven by their own mainstream people. It's just unreal. But today we're going to go through specifically those parts and show you that the herd immunity part of this, coming off what I said before, that there were all the different arguments, but herd immunity kind of became that last grasping point where we just need to reach herd immunity. We don't really know what that number is, but we'll tell you when we get there, right? Because that's something we should have all been really gung-ho about. But the idea is that they're now going, well, who? that's probably not even possible. Yeah, who was it again that was saying that? Who was it again that was modeling what we should do and is now exactly what they're kind of falling backward into, but yet they called them conspiracy theorists when they brought it up before? Sort of like all the other things that were called conspiracy theory that are now exactly what happened, even though we don't rectify that and go, but wait, were they conspiracy theory before? Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Don't even ask that question. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. But we'll go through a lot more than that. mRNA, lies that whether or not it's in your body, information around all sorts of things. It's just doubling down on the lies. It's really incredible. But to start off, I wanted to go in through into a couple quick points on censorship. I found this one incredible. If you, maybe you didn't know, 
I don't really point at it all the time because it's just constant at this point. But even the other channels, the other pirate channels, periodically just get hit, videos hit because they kind of rise in promise. Somebody finds one out of some abstract channel and it gets posted on their video, on their website, and all of a sudden it gets 2,000 views. And then they go, oh, we got to let that one, can't let that one go any further. <laughs> they shut it down, shut them nowhere. But this one all of a sudden just popped up. I thought it was kind of hilarious because of a channel I hadn't used in a while. I think it might even be the one I'm using now. Maybe that's why I chose to use it. But they just hit me with this random old strike on this other pirate channel. But look what it's for. For those in the podcast, it's an older video. COVID-19 test swabs and ethylene oxide. Is there a risk? And what's hilarious about this one is that right now there's this conversation coming out about 50 different states and their there's poison control centers and these tests and whether they had problems. And of course, they're talking about a different chemical involved in that. But think about how dumb it is that while that's happening, they're retroactively censoring my conversations, by the way, which is a valid, which all of these are valid conversations. But this is simply a review of the evidence. And it's, in fact, using their documentation. And the point was simply this. Here's the ethylene oxide. Yes, it's not inherently dangerous in small doses, which is exactly what they would tell you. It's used on a lot of other normal equipment, tongue suppressors, and on and on and on. But, well, all I ultimately told you in this documentation, this discussion, was that they tell you themselves that when that happens, there's a residue. It's a small amount. Not worry, because you don't use it every day, right? <laughs> Except a lot of people are with these tests. Constantly, multiple times a day in some cases. And so my point was, well, there is a residue. And yes, that does say that it builds up in your body. So is that not a small risk? Yes, it is. That's all it was. But apparently that was fake news to them. But all you know today is that that's either something they don't want you to know about, or it just simply crossed a red line of narrative. These are narrative checkers. These are opinion checkers. You had the wrong opinion. You're censored. Just think that's hilarious. They are desperate. I smell it. To hide this all over the place. Now, a lot of people don't like to think that. They know what they're doing and you're following the and maybe you're right. But to me, all of this screams of desperation. Everything they're doing is falling apart right now. And maybe that's the plan. But it's important to show the other people that don't realize it at all yet that it's just that obvious. Here's another interesting part. Actually, this should be the last part, but I'll come back. I, or I threw in a couple of censorship parts before we went live. But did you, I, I, didn't, I just saw this. Apparently, Twitter... And I actually, funny enough, I didn't even check it on my own tweets. I should look to see if maybe I, I do or don't have it. Oops. But there's an edit button now, they say. Yeah, no, that's funny. I don't see it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not allowed to have the edit button. Huh. Well, in any case, here's Disclosed TV telling you edit button wasn't an April Fool's joke after all. And it shows you in here, they drop down, it shows you the edit button. Isn't that funny? So I don't know. I, I wonder, maybe it's when you tweet. No, it has to be after the fact. In any case, that's kind of interesting. Let me know in the chat whether you guys have an edit button. If I'm the only one that doesn't, I'd find that very expected. But the point, nonetheless, is that an edit button, seriously, without context, without a history of edit, which is what like even YouTube and other, other, I mean, the idea is that people can put stuff out there, including government, politicians, authority, whatever, and then alter it. After they realize it was the wrong thing to say or after people make a bunch of, or how about you just put out something that gets a lot of people to say the wrong thing and then you alter what you're saying so it looks like they say something different. Think about how much this could be manipulated by the technocratic manipulators. Just a thought. I find this to be outrageous that they would not, I mean, look, I like the idea of having more ability, but with what Twitter has become, it's to do this now, it seems so very self-serving, especially now that maybe I don't even have one. But just to note, but on top of that, on censorship, I wanted to point out that a friend of the show, 
Fior, uh, Fiorella Isabel from uh, from the oh geez I'm blanking on their show all of a sudden uh, shoot that's gonna make me very mad I love their show they're doing great work oh, I'm really upset about that can you please in the chat for me let me know what the show is that they run gosh I feel terrible about that in any case they do a great job they're they're all they're constantly putting out information that is that is courageous. Whether or not you agree with it, they're taking stances that are not popular because they believe in them. And that's what courage, that's what courage looks like. Now, Vort, of course, she came out and spoke about what the other side is saying. I mean, this is one of the best examples I've seen. She put this out perfectly. She didn't say this is what's happening. She didn't say these are the facts. She simply said, according to the Russian MOD, the Bucha attack isn't real, resembles a planned media campaign, and goes on to say the sort of the stuff that we're telling you they're telling you. Right. Convo couch. Thank you. I'm so mad about that. Convo couch is a great, a great show with, with pasta. There you go. I knew I was, I'm mad about that because I really like these guys. Thank you for, for letting me know. I highly recommend you check out their show, both of their work together and independently. And the point is to look at if you, for the podcast. That's all her tweet says, according to the Russian MOD. And then she lists off what they're saying. There's not even any personal context. She just says what they're telling them and they lock her entire Twitter account. Now, obviously, guys, that has to do with the fact that she's also doing other work they don't like, right? I mean, really understand that. That's If this was anybody on the mainstream, you know, I mean, realistically, we know this. If anybody that was towing the line came out and said this, they wouldn't censor them. But we're seeing this now because they are trying to hide this side of the conversation. Now, realize that doesn't mean that they're hiding people. They're simply hiding that they're even saying this. I mean, this is really desperate. This is what I was talking about. That is, Slow News Day puts it, the first casualty in every war is the truth. I said, this is the new normal world. You're no longer allowed to report in this new normal world. You're no longer allowed to report the other side of the story. And of course, I put it in quotes because there's always more than two sides. But in the context of this conversation, it says, how does that even remotely resemble objective journalism? I want especially those that maybe here just kind of, you know, surveying or maybe you think we're fake news. Just think about that for a minute. How can you possibly pretend you're an objective journalist if you're not even considering the other other side of the, you know, in the case of a war, let's say you've got two sides and there's a political propagandized constant effort from all sides. And all you do is blindly report one side without any due diligence, which we've constantly seen while dismissing the other side with no due diligence. There's only one word for that. That's propaganda. I don't care if you think you're doing the right thing or not. It just blows my mind. And as I said, she's doing what these mainstream media cowards should be doing. And of course, I put she did not say these are facts. She simply said, here is what the other side is saying. All while the corporate media is blindly reporting what the Azov Battalion tells them with zero due diligence, which, of course, we'll talk about again today in a small point. I just found that to be disgusting, but we know that's where we are. On top of that, Scott Ritter, of all people, also got censored on Twitter. Now, of course, his statement, which, by the way, I agree with because I've already proven that this is happening, is a little more specific. Nonetheless, this person, as I said in the chat on Discord, of all people, love him or hate him, he has the right to speak on this. This guy has the credentials, the background to be able to speak on this. And they censored him for it. The Ukrainian National Police committed numerous crimes against humanity in Bucha. Biden, in seeking to shift blame for the Bucha murders onto Russia, is guilty of aiding and abetting those crimes. Congratulations, America, we've created yet another presidential war criminal. Censored. Gone. Now, starting off with Bucha, I want to just give you a quick small background on what we just discussed the other day. Now, this is simply the New York Times archive from from a couple some days ago. And the simple point in this, watch the other show, which I have included if you want to get the deeper background on this. Uh, or wait, I 
thought I did. <laughs> there it is. I'll include this in the show notes for you guys to check out. This is simply pointing out that Ukrainian soldiers from the Azov Battalion, according to the New York Times, were walking through this area as early as April 2nd. In fact, some of them put them at April 1st. In any case, either one of those makes the same point. Before we were told about this, you had open neo-Nazi extremist groups that your government were calling open neo-Nazi extremist groups right up before this all started. That were openly carrying out atrocities at their own reporting, mind you. (laughs) And now it's complete fake news. Think about how that even possibly makes sense. Of course, we have Al Jazeera. This is going to be important for two reasons as we go forward. Reporting that Bucha's mayor reported, said, this is, he's the one that gave this information to the mainstream media and most everybody else. This is him, by the way. They've also added an extra little part down here at the bottom. Basically just putting in a subjective thing that he said about how, look, Russians are killing people because they probably enjoy it. I mean, that's literally what they're writing in there. And did you prove that? Does Wikipedia prove anything? No, they just, whoever's in control of this is just dumping in information that they want you to see. That's why colleges don't allow you to use these things for source, for source material on papers. But the media sure uses it and tells you to trust it because that makes sense. Bottom line is this guy is tied to the same extremist Ukrainian government that is backed up and puppeted by the U.S. government, by the CIA. And of course, we'll prove that even more today if you haven't already watched all the information and choose not to look at the facts. But he's the one saying all of this. Then we also have the information coming from some random person on Instagram. And I'll get to that in a minute, which I didn't talk about yesterday as well as the Washington Times and New York or Washington Post and New York Times claiming they've confirmed certain parts of this when really what they're confirming is that people died. And then using, as we'll get to in the final point of this, CIA, in my opinion, well, it's CIA-connected information coming directly from a company that is be, with someone who, in my opinion, is completely a cutout of the CIA. And you can come to your own conclusions about it, but I'll show you the facts. Then he says, in Bucha, don't forget this, I'll show it to you again, we have already buried, we, have already buried 280 people in mass graves. Now, my point with this is that that was crazy to me. That's a direct quote from the from the French press agency. And that Antoli Ferdrock, that's the guy we're talking about. That is the mayor of Bucha, part of the regime change puppet government of Ukraine that completely is immersed with these neo-Nazi extremists. Why would they bury their own people in a mass grave? Why would anybody think that makes sense? But this is confirmed from multiple locations. That's what he said. We have already buried these people. That's not a translation issue. That's what he said. So just remember that before we get to the point where they accuse Russia of mass graves and war crimes. Now, going forward, Moon of Alabama had a really good timeline that's completely verifiable that you can remember for yourself. Also, the main point is one of the things the New York Times has already removed quietly without notifying you of it, which is a a violation of their journalistic integrity, if they had any. New York Times was unable to independently verify the assertions made by Ukraine's defense ministry and other officials, one of them being the mayor that they're pointing at. Of course, they quickly removed that, didn't tell you that. Good on Moon of Alabama for catching it. Point, though, is March, March 30th, Russia leaves Bucha. March 31st, the mayor of Bucha announces the town was liberated, makes no mention of the atrocities. So March 31st, so the argument would be that these things, these, these bodies would have had to have been laying in the street since March 30th. That's, that's a week. We all probably know what would happen to a body laying in the street for that long in 50 degree temperatures. This is Bucha today. 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Just makes you understand what that would do to a body after a couple of days, let alone a week. And we'll get back to the point of why that's important. Mayor of Bucha announces the town liberated. 
why would they not mention this if there's already been and by the way there's already film and there's people that have already as apparently police from ukraine side that already surveyed the area without showing this information without seeing it on the places where they were looking and yet somehow these things popped up after the fact april 1st 2nd verifiably even according to the new york times the Azov battalion enters the area a group that is an open extremist group that has been cultivated by the cia for decades and has been openly committing atrocities verifiably against people in Ukraine and long before in Donbass. Well, if you don't want to accept that reality, then you damn well better start proving this waterfall of videos and documentation wrong or false. That's not happening, you understand. Nobody's over there going, here's why this is fake. Here's why they fake this. But you can sure as hell see an endless amount of false information coming from the Ukrainian government. Now, my opinion, verifiable, even called out by other Western press. But again, the point is the main apparatus isn't talking about this. Then on April 3rd, the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense publishes the video of Russian atrocities, the video of which came directly from the Ukrainian government. So you can't verify how it was made, where it was made, when it was made, or if it's even real at all. Now, if you're not willing to ask that question, and you're, but you automatically assume that about anything Russian, you're being a child because that's ridiculous. And you could be right. But it's ridiculous to assume that, especially when you only take one side at face value while dismissing the other at face value. It is childish. By the way, Moon of Alabama also adds, and this is the article with the, with the rest of that same information, he also adds that Gonzalo Lira was there, has previously directed a professionally made movie, and in this video they're discussing, he asserts that the main Russian atrocity video, which shows cars driving down a street strewn with dead bodies, is of a professional high-quality production. That can only be achieved with high-end equipment, which doesn't really connect with what they're doing. He also remarks on the additional evidence from the scenes that points to a false flag operation. Somebody who was a video expert pointing at the video and saying, well, here's examples of why this looks fake. That has to have some level of water credence to it. Hold some level of water, doesn't it? Doesn't mean he's right. But why would it not matter when this expert speaks on his field? Lyra comes to the conclusion that the Azov Nazis have killed some people in Bucha that had been too friendly with the Russians ocu Russian occupiers and are now blaming Russia for it. Azov gangs are known for such atrocities, and they are. And look, I actually didn't even click on this last time. Let's see what link he's referencing. Ah, that's interesting. I actually have this in the show. This is interesting. Ah, let's move this. I haven't even, let's, let's listen to this after. Move this over here. I don't want to forget where that was. We have uh, one of these clips somewhere in here. We'll come back to it. Hmm. I'll leave it there for now. We'll come back to it. I do have this in somewhere where there's a, there's an important clip from a Fox News from Fox News where Zelensky says something you'll find very interesting, and they clipped it out. I won't even say it. I'll let you wonder. I'll let you find out for yourself before. I don't want to get too off track here. So going forward. Here is this, it, we enter the New York Times part of this, where they argue satellite images basically prove this. And it's certainly possible. You should, you should be willing to ask that question. This is April 4th. So for, since the 1st, we've had uh, these extremists in the area. Now, the, the important part are two things here. One is that this hinges entirely on the video that comes directly from the Ukraine government which they then compare with the satellite images, which then we take at face value, are in fact from March 19th or before, right? 
Now, up until now, you'd have no reason to just question why this technology company would make that up, even though there's every reason that they could be influenced, leaned on, manipulated, threatened. I mean, this is just the world we live in. But you shouldn't assume that if you don't have evidence for it. But guess what? We now have very interesting evidence that ties back to the larger conversation of what the CIA has been building in this country since 1948. So this is coming directly from Maxar Technologies. Now, before we even go to the next part, just read what it says here. The review of videos and satellite imagery. So they're not really telling you which one they found to be the most compelling. It says one video filmed by a local council member, okay, the Ukraine government, the day that the Azov Battalion arrives, shows multiple bodies scattered. So the video was filmed once they got there. So we're taking at face value that video is what they said it was. Then satellite images provided to the Times by Maxar Technologies, right? So why do they just happen to have this? Were they watching the whole time? Did they get petitioned to do this for them? It seems kind of weird that they just insert this into the story. They just go, hey, we have some evidence. Here it is. Well, it's interesting you'll find out, which you're not surprised to hear, that they're very clearly tied to the CIA. Now, they're claiming that goes all the way back to March 11th. Now, they're saying to confirm this, civilians, when they were killed, they did their visual investigation, which, you know, could be some intensive technological process, or it could literally be them looking at two pictures and going, that one's real. <laughs> I mean, let's just be clear about <laughs> what that would only mean, their visual investigations team. The image shows dark objects of similar size to human bodies appearing on the street, and then, then we're told their bodies today. So they can't even confirm that they were even bodies. Okay, then on top of that, to not make this too long, you guys can look for yourself further on this. Maxar Technologies. Oh, I also thought these don't really add up, by the way. I mean, and it absolutely doesn't. The distance from that car to this body in that high level shot is way further away than the body actually is from that car. Because we already have this in, from another image, from another angle. As well as the fact that that gray car behind it is way closer than that is. And that's a huge distance from satellite. But let's just pretend like that makes sense. And you know what? Their visual investigations team, if they have two brain cells are up together, would have been like, that doesn't add up. But surely they don't really care. Regardless, here is one of the most important parts that I played when we first started. Now here, I'll just play this again because this is, it shows you the comparison to the image we just showed you, which by the way is the same location. Now, right now, what they're going to tell you is that, oh, they were, they're there after the fact because the video says that's March 4th. So again, it's Ukrainian media. So I don't know why we would take that at face value, but it could be. But March 4th, the day before we hear about this, they're dragging bodies around by cables in the same location they then say that they were left in. But ask yourself this, why would they be trying to Put, oh, excuse me. The argument was that they, they left IEDs. And that's certainly possible. But you're going to tell me, how about all the military people speak up in the chat and laugh about how this person's like 10 feet away trying to multiply drag this body along? And that's supposed to be them mining for ED, IEDs. And then they do it a second time, even closer. And then realize the comparison between where it was left, where the images look, and how that makes sense if they claim that was happening and left there on March 30th. Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие воины этого мира в военнослужащей украинской армии. Что мы откроем, когда будет деоккупирован Мелитополь, Бердянск, Херсон? Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие воины этого мира в военнослужащей украинской армии. Что мы откроем, когда будет деоккупирован Мелитополь, Бердянск, Херсон? The point is, guys, that first part is ridiculous. 
Look at how close he is. Anybody want to speak up on that that's actually been in a military situation to laugh about how stupid it is? This guy would be pretend trying to shake the body to trigger some IED when he's like 10 feet away. That's so dumb. It's ridiculous, right? But the major point of this is look where it ends up. Look at the position of the body when they're finished. I mean, the, the point is, guys, this is, I mean, just look at the comparison for yourselves. That's why I had the image up on the other one. You know, at the very least, we all know that's suspicious. It's very strange. But nobody wants to poke into this. Now, the larger point of this is if we have video evidence on record of a Ukrainian military moving these bodies around in multiple ways before we were told about this and they just dismiss that without any investigation, isn't that strange to anybody else? I mean, that's very suspicious. Where are the videos of the Russian people doing that? I mean, it just, I'm not saying it doesn't mean because there's not that they didn't do it, but I'm just simply pointing out that this is just dismissed out of hand without any action, any discussion. When that's a huge deal to me. And on top of that, the images they then use to place this all together. To say, well, see, here's the proof that it came from before. That's why this is them afterwards moving them, I guess, multiple times in weird positions, but then later moving them again. With it just, That's obviously not what they're actually doing. But the larger point... Oh, well, and before I, I keep forgetting, I added stuff. Here's the... I mean, look at these bodies, guys. Are you really pretending this body has been laying out in the public 50-degree weather for six days again anybody that's actually been in this position you want to speak to how a body would actually look after six days and 50 degree heat on top of that you can see the hands you can see the blood no, these are i mean in some case the blood but in some of these pictures as they pointed out you can see fresh blood these hands wouldn't look like that if it was six days in 50 degree heat I know this is a horrible conversation, but it's just simply reality, guys. So either these things were left, these bodies were left there after the fact, which means it wasn't the Russians if they're telling they left on the 31st, or they were they were killed all the way back then and somehow just didn't decompose. Now, Maxar Technologies, because this is the key point. Maxar Technologies with the video from the Ukrainian government are the key focal points and the key evidence of what they're claiming, the, how they can verify the timeline. Now, first of all, we showed this the other day, and the main point for me was that Maxar, weirdly enough, was also the group that just jumped in and said, here's video of the Russian military convoy, which they've continued to point at. Even, even I'm going to play a really ridiculous video of, of uh... oh, jeez. Where <laughs> that's gonna drive me crazy if I get Nancy Pelosi. I don't know why I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Of Nancy Pelosi fumbling through her trying to pretend like she knows what she's talking about, pointing at that exact convoy. It's just strange. There's a reason this thing keeps getting pointed at. And why did they first step up and do that? Why were they looking when that happened? Interesting. Somebody clearly directed them in that point. But then we kind of scrolled down, if you remember yesterday, and I was like, well, that's weird. Why is the CIA in this connection to C also? I, 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 didn't, I don't, didn't dive into it because I'm not going to just assume, but we looked further. And we saw this yesterday as well, 2018. Maxar's Data Analytics Division adds jobs to sate U.S. government appetite for artificial intelligence. Of course, weirdly tying into the larger agenda as well. And as it says here, Frazier and DOD and the intelligence community, 2018, are seeking technologies to automate data collection, extraction information from data from both government and commercial sources. Competitions known as machine learning challenges sponsored by the CIA's investment arms in QTEL and IARPA, 
by the Pentagon Silicon Valley office, D-I-U-X, and by the National Geospat, uh, is it Spatial Spatial Intelligence Agency, are, quote, indicative of the quest to transform the mapping and military intelligence mission. So that in and of itself is not completely, you know, it's just a connection. But the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency is an important part of this. Now, here's what I was sent today. This is from 2020. Maxar Technologies appoints Gilman Louie to its board of, director, board of directors toward the end of 2020. Now, Maxar Technologies, a trusted partner and, and innovator in Earth intelligence and space infrastructure, today announced the appointment of Gilman Louie to serve on the company's board of directors. Louie will serve as a director. It goes on to give you the time frame. If you don't know that, it's the first venture capital fund for the United States Central Intelligence Agency. So this guy works for the CIA and is now a director of the Maxar Technologies Company. Now, that in and of itself doesn't prove they lied to you, but you damn well should ask questions when you know that they've already surreptitiously built a fascist army when they're used, they, when at least on the documentation seems to suggest we're planning to lay, it, to lay it at your feet. But those are my opinions, but except for the building of the fascist army, which is documentable. So why wouldn't they continue to obfuscate and gaslight the agenda? Right now, because it's being aimed at just not just you, but Russia as well. It's just like it was in the beginning, 1948 forward. They were it was building this to lay at the feet of the CIA. Now we've talked about this in a previous show, not just Azov. Documents prove the CIA has been cultivating fascism in Ukraine since at least 1948. Mikola Lebed, a leader of a movement that was openly fascist, who was actually arrested for murdering the Interior Minister of Poland and put and sentenced to death until German invaded Poland and he got away. And then guess what happened? The U.S. government plucked him up and said, we'll keep you safe. And they made him the leader of Prologue in New York and Ukraine. And went on for decades as an open Nazi war criminal to create the foundation of fascism that they grew from something that was diminishing in this country to today. And look at it thriving now. Total coincidence, though, right? Now. Vic of Recon. Oh, actually, if there was a. It's another part. Oh, did I mix that up? I think it was in this one. Okay, yeah, so this one first. So here, going back, going to 2020, to June, so it's going back a little bit from to June, Maxar Technologies announces its intention to acquire Vricon, Inc., to accelerate growth in emerging markets for 3D technology and extend its lead in Earth intelligence. So right, so right already, we know that there is somebody, at least today, who is a on the board of directors who is directly from the CIA. So going back further, I wanted to ask what drove to this point? Why are they the prominent one being pointed at, being connected with the CIA? Well, this is why, in my opinion. Maxar, at this time in 2020, intends to appoint Gilman Louie, so they hadn't done it yet, chairman of Vericon's board of directors. So, see, they picked him up to make him the board of be on the board of directors of Maxel, or, uh, uh, Maxar Technologies because he was the board on the board uh, of Vericon. So we should ask, well, what is Vericon? And are they suspicious? To the Maxar board of directors, once the transaction closes, Louis is co-founder and partner of Alsop Louis Partners, which I haven't got a chance to look into, an early stage technology venture capital firm founded in San Francisco in 2006. Louis is the founder and former CEO of InQtel, a strategic venture fund created to help enhance national security by connecting the Central Intelligence Agency and U.S. intelligence community with venture-backed in entrepreneurial companies. So you could either mean, oh, we're just trying to help grow them, or this is the CIA one by one kind of taking over and co-opting 
our entire surveillance apparatus via satellite, via everything else. And you also note that a lot of these seem to be centralized out of Virginia because that's just coincidence. Intelligent uh, goes on to say he also serves as a commissioner on the U.S. National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence. You just can't make this up. So this guy who is currently on the director board directors of Maxar Technologies is not also a commissioner on the U.S. National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence. Now, Rikon's products and technology are strongly aligned with Maxar Earth's intelligence growth strategy and priority mission areas outlined in the U.S. National Defense Strategy. So you're getting the point. Both these companies are acutely tied into the national defense strategy or just the national, the government's agenda. In addition, the transaction unlocks new and underpinned defense and commercial markets for Maxar, such as autonomous navigation and 5G telecommunication network planning. Of course, quote, Maxar commercial satellite imagery, which is what we're talking about, has long been foundational to U.S. and allied defense and intelligence operations. There it is. And this acquisition will enable training, simulation, and tactical missions to be conducted in highly immersive and accurate 3D environments. Okay, bottom line, this is a government thing. If, if, you, have, if you wanted to look at any, if you wanted an example of any company that I would argue is an obvious, potentially influenced entity by the CIA, by the U.S. government, there's no better example. I mean, these people are immersed with this. They've bought them out. They've got people on the board of directors. And not only that, Maxar's entire focus is on the allied defense and intelligence operations. And we're supposed to take them at face value, despite the fact that CIA has been building and lying about this since the beginning? Come on. Oh, it looks like we might have lost this. Is it, uh, is it freezing for everybody? Hope not. We'll keep going. Okay. Then let's look at Vricom. Of course, as I keep telling you, pretty much all of them are headquartered in Virginia, which is where the CIA is. Now, it says right here for just use cases in general, it says military. Just to understand where this, you already got that point, but just to make it clear, this is even on just public pointed out information. Then we go back or go to August 2020. Maxar CTO says Vricon's acquisition enables a whole range of use cases. Vricon was started in 2015 as a joint venture between Maxar and Saab and focuses on satellite derived 3D data specifically for defense and intelligence markets. So before this even happened, this was a group that was specifically focused on intelligence. Before, and so my point being is when they, when they give you this information, they just go, oh, this company found it. No company didn't find it. It wouldn't be looking there if it wasn't under contract or being directed by some sort of intelligence operation. So that's the government saying, here's what we're showing you. Before the acquisition, Vricon had what Maxar referred to as a library card providing access to a certain amount of imagery from Maxar, according to Scott. Now, today, Vricon has unrestricted access, which allows Maxar to, quote, increase the scale and the velocity on which we're able to build things out. The point there is this Vricon company that's directly like the original connection to the CIA, because that's what, the, that's what Louis was first the board of, on the board of, has full range of access from Maxar all the way back in 2020. I think there's more than enough evidence here to suggest that we should at the very least be concerned this came directly from the CIA. Then, the last connection, which I find really interesting, here is the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, which most people probably don't even know about, despite the fact that it's one of the central key in the five, the big five. NGA's Cyborg Initiative, per funny name, of course, enables a $4.4 million contract with Vricon for 3D modeling. Also, in Virginia... But just wanted to point out, so Vericon, back in 2017, is making a deal with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, which 
is a combat support agency within the United States Department of Defense, whose primary mission is collecting, analyzing, and distributing geospatial intelligence in support of national security. Initially known as the National Imagery and Mapping Agency, well, that seems perfectly connected, from 1996 to 2003, it is one of the big five members of the United States intelligence community. So you just can't make it more obvious that this is a completely interconnected intelligence entity. It's very damn clear. Then, finally, recognize that the image they're using to compare to that satellite imagery that all of which should be skeptic we should be skeptical about comes from an instagram account which why in the world that's vetted and i mean come on really we're going to pretend like they found a way to vet that it comes directly from some person's instagram account which is right here now you can see that they're using even videos and other information coming directly from the account how are they verifying that how do they possibly reach out to this person and, and verify that what he did was valid? They're just posting it because it's in the area we're talking about. Now, here is from also April 5th. Russian soldiers open fire on a cyclist. New video shows. New video has emerged that adds mounting evidence of atrocities carried out by Russia by, while Russia's military-occupied suburban area of Bucha. The video shows a cyclist moving along the street dismounting and walking a bicycle around the corner into a street occupied by Russian soldiers. Okay, just so we're clear, and this is what they're saying. They walked, he walked around the corner and you couldn't see him anymore. I'm not even making this up. As soon as cyclists round the turn, which means you couldn't see him anymore, Russian armored vehicles fire several high caliber rounds along the thoroughfare. A second armored vehicle fires two rounds in the direction of the cyclist, which you couldn't see anymore because he's behind the corner. A plume of dust and smoke rises from the scene. Now, the vi that, that's where it ends, by the way. Then. The video is aerial footage recorded by Ukraine's military. Isn't that perfect? In early March, when Russian forces still had the town, it has been independently verified by New York Times. How exactly? Because Ukraine told him it was real. Weeks later, after Russia withdrew from Bucha, a body in civilian clothes was filmed beside a bicycle in the same location. That's how they confirm this. So understand, the only thing they have is a guy turning a corner, Russian firing in an area that he's similarly in, and I don't know how you can confirm that's the same thing or video manipulated or whatever we should be asking in any context. Then they just later find a guy in a bike in that area and they go, proof! Now it could be. How about the fact that we have evidence of Ukraine military moving bodies into position because they already had access to exactly what I think was the information they needed to know where these things should have gone based on whatever we think those are, whatever, whether this is fake or I don't know how you want to look at this. My point is simply, I'm not saying I know for sure it's fake or I know for sure Russia didn't do this. What I do know is there's an, plenty of reasons to go, okay, wait a minute. There is something amiss here. And we all know that if we're being honest with ourselves. But the point is that it comes from this group or Ukrainian military. So here's the guy or whatever this is, 67,000 followers. And you can go through this and look at the information and you'll find a very obvious common theme. And just, just to be clear, what his account says in this language, the whole movement of Kiev in one public tag story, send video, live broadcast of the war in Kiev. Well, you have any, any comments on that chat? You mean the, the place of Kiev that we keep showing you people walking around on Twitter going, look, I don't see anything. I'm right downtown. There's no, and you know why that rings true? Because even Russia said they weren't going to do that. Now they could be lying, of course, but what was the strategic benefit of lobbing missiles and bombs into an area in Kiev that you're not, they're, they're, this is, they're, they're claiming this was from day one that they went right the 25th, right into Kiev and they were bombing in Kiev and they were invading Kiev. And none of that is actually true. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not saying I can prove that there weren't bombs being lobbed into Kiev. I just don't understand why that would even happen. It doesn't make sense to me from U.S. side or from Russian side. It does, however, make sense for an extremist group that's openly said they would do that. Different conversation, though, sort of. The point is this person saying we're broadcasting the war in Kiev when we've already proven that that's not even remotely what's happening. That's where they get their information from, along with Ukraine military and CIA connected outlets. Now, even then, I'm still not saying that I know there you go. Proof. Russia didn't do it because that's not proof. But that is an endless amount of evidence that's pointing in the other direction. And if you're willing to just blindly dismiss that because you're choosing a narrative. Well, then you've made your choice. And it's not about facts, as long as you can admit that. Now, the next part is to go over a couple of different, I guess, well, here, the way to phrase this, frame this, is sort of that we keep seeing examples of either Patrick Lancaster or other people framing, you know, filming this on the ground. And when it happens, he's like, for instance, in this case, he finds a woman who was murdered, raped on the ground, covered up, and, and with a swastika burned into her, into her, in her body on April 4th. Then, and by the way, and I'll show it to you, he finds this in a building that was controlled by Ukraine with Ukraine military, bop, things. Now, yes, that could be faked like anything could, and you should ask that question because they always say that. But if it's only happening on one side of this, then you're being naive. The point is that then later today, we have all this talk about a woman being found with these swastikas and so what's actually happening here? How can this be reported by Patrick Lancaster on the 4th, yet they're claiming this just happened? I mean, there's a lot going on here. Now, what I believe, based on the fact that their image they're showing you today, even though he's reporting this days ago, and the image is the same, even though the body would clearly not look the same two days later, makes me believe they simply took Patrick's video or the image of it, which, I keep, which people keep telling me they're seeing happen, and framing it in their own way. Take a listen. Facts are limited on the ground. Take us through, as you see it, what happened there. Um, well, it was uh, one of my first. Oh, uh, here I forgot. I there's, I'm gonna there's, I'm gonna start here. B- bottom line, he's asking about the setup, about what they're seeing happen there. He talks about a couple things in the beginning, and then, by the way, for full disclosure, what he tells you is that he's brought to this location by people from by people from Donbass. Okay, so factor that in. Right, but because that means they, if you want to be completely objective about this, it could be that they altered the scene, made to carry out whatever you want to claim they carried out, and brought him there so they could fulfill their false flag. That's certainly possible. But as always, we should demand evidence that that's the case, and not just assume because that's what we want to think based on our narrative. Because the evidence from all of it is pointing aggressively in the other direction. But listen to what he has to say about it many, many amounts of Ukrainian uh, uniforms and patches and flags. Um, I might I might have actually grabbed this download. Let me make sure. It does seem a little low, does it? Shoot. <clears throat> Let me check one more thing, because that does seem a little low to me. I want to make sure you guys hear what he has to say. It's important. What he's saying is very important. I guess I missed that. I was downloading it earlier. <clears throat> oh, you know what? I know what I did. That's frustrating. All right, let me let that go. We'll come right back to this. Um, let's see. We're going to go through these. Okay, so we'll come back to the swastika part of that. Uh, I think that's the same one. Yeah. 
Okay. So we'll do this while that's downloading. It's almost done anyway. But <clears throat> so this one, I, I want to go through both of these. There's only five minutes. This is coming from Radio Free Europe, which in my opinion is a complete propaganda outlet. And what you'll find is they're they're weirdly not showing people. It's kind of the way they're filming it. But the main point to this is that they're pointing, oh, look, there's a big box of Russian rations just left on the ground. It just seems really like there's a passport in the middle of this exploded room. Oh, look at that. It's the people we thought it was. It just seems very contrived. But what I will show you is that that's already been reported by people fleeing Mariupol that that's what the Ukrainians were doing. And we'll come back to that since this is downloading. or done already. Let's watch this. This should be loud enough for you guys. Okay. Here we go. Happy to say we can And uh, he uh, took us down, and we could see many, many amounts of Ukrainian uh, uniforms and patches and flags um, and a huge stash of this uh, basement of this uh, school. school Okay, that's important. That's where I wanted to start. So the bottom line is, if it's still a little bit low, I apologize. That's as high as I can get it. So bottom line is, and this has been proven by, by Patrick as well as others over and over and over, over and over and over. They are using schools and hospitals like they always do, accusing the other side of doing the same as their base base areas. So then when they bomb them, they claim they bomb the hospitals. The same thing these people did in Syria. That's the only reason I feel so strongly about this. This is yet another yet another U.S. government puppet. And they did the same thing in Syria. And this was verifiable. Vanessa Bealy and plenty of others made this undeniably clear. So he's telling you that he got brought to the a basement of a school where they were using their base. And that's where that woman was found. Number 25 in Mariupol. And, oh, and by the way, that's important. He always gives you the numbers. So the point is, these things, people, these pe- these can be independently verified. The number of the school, where it is, people can check this stuff. You never get that from the other side. He uh, took us down and we could see many, many amounts of Ukrainian uh, uniforms and patches and flags um, and a huge stash of uh, weapons, which seem to have been purposely burned. Maybe so the DPR and Russian forces wouldn't be able to take him. Mean, it's just speculation on that side. Now, my thought right out of the gate would be just like it would be on the other side. It seems odd that there would be a lot of uniforms left around. That's odd no matter what. I mean, you could understand that if it was a a fleeing rapid moment, whatever was left would be left. And that would apply to any side. But nonetheless, it's still interesting to, to see that they would leave all these uniforms and everything behind alongside of a body and so on. But we don't know the context of how they left and what happened. What he's saying is they were burning weapons. So it might indicate they were in the process of doing something and had to flee on the fly. Or it was completely set up and you should ask those questions. But it's incorporating the entire body of audience, a body of evidence before making that decision. And hopefully if you don't have the full picture, you're okay saying we don't know. But the fact is there was a huge amount of weapons burned, which looked intentional. As we moved our way through this Ukrainian base slash basement of school number 25, we get to a little back area. As we this whole time, we're passing uh, uniforms and military shoes, Ukrainian flags and patches and things. And then we get to this uh, little open area. And unfortunately, we, we found this uh, woman uh, partially uh, covered, uh, actually with a, a couple of uniforms, uh, Ukrainian uniforms as well. And, and as you said, it, um, her, her stomach 
uh, was it had a, a swastika on mm. it. it. For me, looking at just being in shock from seeing that, it was hard to tell whether it was carved or painted on with blood. But it, I mean, this was—you could see what had happened there. This woman had been raped, tortured, and strangled to death uh, in, yeah. in the basement of this school, in a Ukrainian military base. Just absolutely horrific as you go through the details. And the point is, guys, that this is in a controlled Ukrainian area before Russia was in the area. This is easily verifiable. So how do you possibly pretend that was conducted by Russian military if it was con if it was verifiably done in a time before they were even there? Right. I mean, we ha just think about that. This is this is the first. This uh, it's just it's frustrating. Now you could argue that Patrick's lying, that he's part of faking something like this. I don't believe that. It's certainly possible though. Since, since they're the ones that found it, you could argue that's how it happened. But it just doesn't really add up with the narrative. At the very least, it's not sound. It's not provable that it was one side or the other. Yet that's already being leveled. It's already being accused. Because you know why? Ukraine said so. Ukraine said Russia did this. So the Western apparatus goes, Ukraine did this. Russia did this. Excuse me. I just can't get past how I, every, I say this every show lately. It's just remedial. It's childish. You have people sitting in front of the United Nations going, we have reports that say this happened. We need to call Russia out. Why? Because somebody told you something happened? What are you, six years old? Grow up. Stop being a child. This is obviously more important. The point is, I think these people are either in that position because they're too stupid to know they're doing that or because they're part of a larger agenda. You don't just call for massive, earth-shattering war crimes tribunals because somebody said something happened with zero due diligence unless there's a large agenda around it. Now, unfortunately, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, this is a rough content, guys. I'm not, I want to skip past the actual image of the woman. This is being posted by a member uh, of the Ukrainian government. But I want you to, I want to point something out. On Patrick's own video, this starts right, right as he says this. It says there are a lot of British uniforms, which is interesting to me. But to skip past the actual woman on the ground, I just it's just really, really rough. And I don't want people, there's no point in really seeing that. I will, I'll show you the image that, oh, excuse me, this one wasn't the member of Ukrainian military. That was this one, which you can just see the image. But my point is, that's the same way it looks on Patrick's video. I don't understand why we would pretend, oh, and um, excuse me, this is even more obvious, seeing as how he found this on March 28th. I was con conflating the times on the, on the interview. So March 28th, he finds this woman. And they're, and they're now reporting this happened? Today, or rather on the third, excuse me, I'm getting my dates mixed up. The point, the same time frame is what we're talking about. So a week later, and yet it looks the same. I mean, the, the fabric's in the same position. I mean, for crying out loud, I, I genuinely think they just took a picture from his coverage. But he goes on to discuss this and talk about what's going on here, and it's, it's, it's horrific. And he shows you the uniforms they found and what's on the ground. Again, you should question that because that's what honest, something honest would do. But it's just, it's certainly possible that it was left behind. Now, here's the insider, business insider. Ukrainian member of parliament tweets image with claims that Russian soldiers carved a swatchka into a woman they raped and killed. Now, it's one of the most honest titles I've seen from Western press about this in this entire time. Most of the rest of them just go, Russian soldiers killed these people. Sources. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just really, really clumsy and lazy and bad journalism. At the very least, they're saying she claims this, and they make it clear they don't know this. 
but they still sure as hell reported it, which I don't, that in, in and of itself, whether or not you say they are just saying they said this, it's not reportable. They know that, but it works for them. It says a Ukrainian MP said this week that this happened. And by the way, weirdly, the exact same story, same person, same picture, same location. A week later. How do you even make sense of that? Now it says Insider was unable to independently verify the claims. So why wouldn't you immediately go, well, here's evidence of it a week ago. I mean, it just doesn't, there's, there's no due diligence by these people. But in, in this case, I, I will give them credit where credit is due. They do at least point to Patrick's video. Footage posted on YouTube by independent journalist Patrick Lancaster from his school basement appears to show <clears throat> the same body lying on the ground. Lancaster's video, of course, has been removed from YouTube. Think about that. But I showed you the one still circulating on Twitter. But their claims don't get removed. Their images don't get removed. Isn't that funny how that happens? Patrick's showing you real-time information. They remove it from YouTube. But what he's telling you is it's in Mariupol, the area that is completely controlled, I proved to you yesterday, by Azov Battalion. As of late 2021, Azov Battalion still held political and, and military control of Mariupol. And all the horrible things happening there, I believe, are at their hands. And that's been admitted to by plenty of people leaving the area. Images of mass graves have emerged from Bucha, following reports of a massacre in the city. These reports of Russian atrocities have prompted Ukrainian leader Zelensky to accuse Russia of genocide. Images of mass graves. Okay, you mean the mass graves that the mayor admitted to making? That's the mayor, Antoli Fedrock. That's him right there. Mayor of Bucha. He, on the record, in multiple mainstream outlets, is saying, in Bucha, we already buried 208 people in mass graves. Okay, so now they're pointing at those mass graves and going, oh my gosh, look at what they're doing over there. Where were we? I was just losing my place. Oh, we're over here. Images of mass graves. In Bucha, I mean, guys, this is ridiculous. I mean, I don't even understand how they can get away with this right now. The mass graves the mayor admitted to making, they're now pointing at and saying, oh my gosh, look at these terrible mass graves, atrocities, without letting you know that they're the ones that buried them all in a mass grave. Unreal. There it is right there. Now, here is this person on April 3rd posting this. Just an image, close up, nothing else to back it up. That's exactly looks exactly like the body looked when Patrick found it six days ago. I don't know why people can't. I mean, the people that are following this narrative that are just blindly trusting everything that's being stated. It's just and, and ask yourself this: Why in the world would the Russian government put a swastika on the body? There's no logic to that except the fact that they're trying to make it as if Putin is the Nazi. I mean, this is really clumsy right now. They've already, they've, they've even themselves sort of stopped going to this because it's so clumsy because there's really no evidence whatsoever that the government of Russia is even remotely connected to some kind of white supremacist problem. It's certainly possible, but the way that they try to make the argument is falling apart in front of them. Whitney destroyed it. The point is on the other side, they're even now being forced to admit that they have a problem with this in real time. And yet we're immediately assuming that it was Putin's army that did this. Come on, guys. What is Occam's razor? All things considered equal, the most uh, the, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. So you have a Nazi group and you have another group and they both were there and then you find a Nazi symbol. What's more likely? 
It's just so frustrating that we keep buying this stuff. Now, is it possible that she's right? Yes, it is. But why is it that everybody takes this face value because they want to choose a side? I don't understand it. And I don't mean everybody. I keep saying that. Trust me, I fall into that trap too. I don't believe everyone's buying this. But when I'm discussing this, I'm pointing at the, the big group. Here she is saying, 5,000 war crimes committed by Russia and Ukraine. Cool. Where's the source material? Where's the evidence? Where's the pictures? Where's the human rights organizations? And nothing. This is just a politician in Ukraine saying this happened. Already recorded and filed by their prosecutor general. Unfortunately, there will be more. Now, could there be? Yeah. But this is the equivalent of a bunch of strollers in a public square and going, this is all the people that died. This is meaningless talk from very compromised politicians and puppets. I don't know why this is even flying for people. Now, here is the video we were just talking about. This is a person on the ground. And of course, they're discussing the same information about the same location and showing you some of the same images on April 4th. Three days after the Aza Battalion has already been present. So they're saying people started to bury the bodies in the courtyards. Well, even, like, even right there. Think about that. So their own people did this, or the mayor did this, and they're already accusing Russia of mass graves? I've come here for the first time just to take a look. That's their, that's their witness? A guy who is here for the first time on April 4th? Why in the world would this guy have any insight on how this went down or that Russia wasn't responsible if he's here for the first time? God, these people are ridiculous. Not him, obviously, the Western press. What do you feel? What do you feel by seeing this thing when you don't have any context about what happened? Horror. That's it. What a great witness, guys. What, what a solid, just a home, home run, right? He shows up for the first time, and they go, what do you feel? Oh, I'm sad. This is bad. Russia did it. Can't you tell? Okay, let's go to the next part. Okay, now this person is saying he was there a day after the Alaza Battalion walking the streets. Working for a propaganda outlet, by the way, when we should question anybody. Same way you question Patrick or anything else you're seeing. Apply it the same way here. Dozens of civilians in the streets lying close to each other more than 100 100 meters apart. Which were weirdly kind of straggled around the street. I still think that's strange. I don't know why that makes it. That, That suggests staging theater to me. Why they would be like, I mean, going back to look at the image. Going back to the actual, the distance, why are they like the same distance apart? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, why, it's like you're walking 100 meters, killing one, walking 100 meters, killing another, walking another, it just doesn't make sense. And It could be random, could be organic, these are just my thoughts. There's always another explanation, but I just, you continue to add these things up, and it just continues to show you more reason to be questioning this. He had the chance to talk to the residents of the street who witnessed the develop, the deployment of Russian troops. Unfortunately, he didn't want to talk on camera, but he told me that a relative of him was shot dead. Great. So now you've got a person that didn't see it, 
just walked up today. You got a person who's anonymous. You won't even get to know who he is. This is solid, right? This is in contrast. This is what they're giving you. This is in contrast to what we're actually showing you. Real people or potentially real people from multiple outlets, multiple locations, multiple directions, multiple times a day from all across the outlets, all telling you the same thing. We weren't allowed to leave. We were being shot at. We were being starved. They shot me in the back, gone and on and on and on. And then all the things we showed you about Bucha specifically, about the CIA's involvement, or the lie is coming out already. And this is what they have? Why don't they just lie to you? Why don't they just bring out 17 people and then lie and say, I was there, I saw it all. I mean, it just, they, I wouldn't surprise me if they did that. It just seems interesting, doesn't it? говорити на камеру, але своєю історією поділився. Так от, за його словами, серед жертв був також його родич. Його вбили зі стрілецької зброї російські військові. На його думку... He thinks it was a sniper and that the killing was deliberate. There were a few killings like that. So explain for me why Russia would be sniping people walking in the street. I mean, it just, unless you just want to feel that, and this is where everybody is, by the way. Who buys this? Russia's a maniac. Or excuse me, Putin's a maniac. Right? The Russian government are just maniacs. They're all maniacs, and they all want to hurt people for no reason. All of them. Right? Because, of course, they wouldn't pretend, they wouldn't argue Russia's democracy or Russia has any kind of voting system. It's just Putin does what he wants as, an, as a leader, and all, you know, authoritarian, whatever. Which, to some degree, is true. I mean, there's plenty of just horrible like laws I'm seeing that are censorship and restriction, which I wholeheartedly disagree with, which, by the way, is why I don't endorse any government. I don't like Putin's government. I don't like the U.S. government. I think governments are bad, and they all lead to the same position. But people that want to miss dishonestly frame me as one side would care not to hear me say that. But trying to get back to what I first said in regard to the snipers, the point is that why, you know, why, why would that even make sense? If you just want to be like, he's crazy. He likes to hurt people. It certainly could be true, but that's not a valid argument, especially if that's all you have to prove that that's what's happening. Sniper. Yeah, and so this is the guy. Right. I mean, how do we even know this is, I mean, it's just, it's so frustrating. You could be real. Certainly could be. You should keep, you consider that just like he, like he could be a member of this, uh, you know, CIA or an Azad battalion leader. It just, you don't know. Meanwhile, I'm going to show you evidence of people that you can check and look at and discuss and have, you know, these are real people. Then, for the main part, here's the street we're talking about. Now, here is why we're all we know for sure, because it looks like Russia just left a big box of rations right in the middle of the street. Possible? Of course possible. But isn't that a little bit strange? Sort of like a perfect passport in the middle of an explosion just untouched not even singed look at that what lucky coincidence now why i think this is so ridiculous is again just like we talked about with the woman in the swastika here on march 11th is a woman who was leaving mariupol who is telling you what they were doing firing on the village framing it on russia by leaving what rations uniforms so it looked like russia did it he says, so you claim that Ukrainian tank was firing Ukrainian village themselves? She says, yes, they have been firing at our village. They have been firing at our village, but they have been in control of it. How is it possible? 
How is it possible? How do they do? How do they they do it all the time? They make this destruction on purpose. If you have come here to fight, why do you destroy houses? She says, and the, here are simple houses. Why do they do it? And also, we had a crazy fight here in the center. And I'm telling you, it was 100% provocation. Here, near the village council, there was an armored personnel carrier. It contained a Russian uniform and rations. She's talking about the Ukrainian military. And she'll make it clear. It says, why the hell would this Russian armored personnel carrier hide here and shoot at its own Russians? If they took a position there, Russian lads, seven tanks near the well, took up the position there. And these idiots jumped out from Balka from uh, uh, Bakshevik and did a provo provocation here and they left their javelins here. It was a provocation. Who? Of course, she says, it was a provocation by U U Ukrainian troops. A real one. I'll tell you now, my husband served in the tank troops. Tankers are never given a spare uniform for a tank. So they got into their tank and took a spare uniform with them? What kind of idiocy is this? Do they think us all morons? So he's asking, so are you saying it was a Ukrainian tank? Yes, they left from Balka. I guess you don't know the area. They came out of the Balkan and made a provocation. And the Russian tank stood there on a hilltop or hill, hillock where the well was and they fired over there. And then and these here and these here did a provocation. They wanted others to believe that it was a Russians who did this here. I saw it with my own eyes. A false flag, right? Of course, yes, a false flag. I was in the center of it. I saw all. I've been sitting in the basement for two hours. I sit and then I go out and look. What do you think? What do they do it? Because it, they don't need us. We are not needed. They want everything to look as if Putin has done all of it. They can keep going. Now, yes, you could argue that she made it up, that she's lying, that she's not real, that Patrick's faking it all. The point is, guys, look around. There are other members of the, uh, of the press. There, there's a lot of people. That doesn't necessarily prove that it's not real, but why would you dismiss this? Why would you kick this aside without proving anything? Because people don't care about the truth when they've already chosen a side. So then think about if she's telling you on March 11th that they were placing these things, wouldn't that be suspect here? That obviously? Yes. But nobody will want to hear that if they've already picked a side. Here's Patrick Lancaster pointing out rocket attack. In, this is yesterday. Hits the center of the... Largely civilian populated Donetsk area, injuring a 12-year-old girl. Did, it, did you hear this in the Western press? No, because they don't care about what happens to these people. Right now, we're in the Leninsky region of uh, Donetsk. And last night, as reported on my social media, we heard a huge explosion, several in the city. And now we are here at the area that was affected by these explosions and we can see here many parts of these homes here were totally destroyed i mean guys these are all civilian homes all of them there's you know there is such an overwhelming body of evidence to prove including why the, in the ukrainian military themselves admitting this and it's posted on wikipedia that they've killed fourteen thousand people in donbass they admit that proudly the western press calls it fake news these are homes just like the homes in Palestine, they get destroyed. Nobody cares. These people matter. They have lives and dreams and aspirations and families. They matter just as much as anybody else. You stand with Ukraine. You stand with, I mean, you're picking a side while ignoring what's happening to innocent people. Whatever side you want to take. What about the Ukrainian people? Right? What's happening to them under the yoke of these extremists? All of this is happening in real time. And all we're pointing at is the narrative in some cases.
Here is he speaking. He's speaking with somebody. Good afternoon. Can you tell me what happened here? This is the owner of the house. He says there was shelling at the night around 2.30 a.m. How was that? How was that moment? Have you been home? I was home. He says we were sleeping. Then there was an explosion and everything started to fall. He says, I'm not military. I can't identify that. I can't basically, you know, who, but where else? He says from Ukraine. Maybe there's a military facility here. Nothing at all. Only civilians. There are no military facilities around here. Right. So there's no reason why Ukraine or anybody else for that matter would be bombing this area. Unless they were just trying to blame it on somebody else. Maybe in Ukraine, they thought that. I don't know what they, they thought that in that in Ukraine. So he clearly has the mind. This is Ukraine doing this. Can't prove that. If there is no military facility, why would they shoot here? He says they just kill us. Genocide. And what is the address here? Donetsk and then and the street, Mariuba. What is your name, Dmitry? He says, you are wearing a uniform. Are you military or not? He says, no, these are my home clothes. So he just, that's just a coat that looks like, you know, fatigues. They buried their dog. Uh, he says, the explosion was huge. Everybody heard it. Are you a local resident? Yes, we are the neighbors. He says it was around 2.30, same, same point. At least the time is, you know, vindicated or, you know, backed up by somebody else. Now we start helping the neighbors. I have a dump truck. Uh, there's one other part that I saw in here when I watched it earlier. He said, yeah, that's what it was. Right. That was the, the title. This is the worst part. Yes, there was a girl. She has a brain injury. She's in the hospital. She's 11 years old. We will also visit her now at the neighbors donating money, trying to help. Can you tell me where did it come from? He says, you know, who does it? But I will tell you, of course, it is Ukraine. For sure, it is the Nazis. This is a mem- this is a member of this area, guys. He could be lying. He could be making it up. As always, I'll always say, which probably irritates my audience. But the point is, you'll never hear that from the other side. These people believe this is happening to them. And by the way, the evidence backs it up. And so too do the statements from the very people we're pointing at when he says that. So they say they're doing it. These people point at them and say they're doing it. We prove to you they're doing it. And the Western press goes fake news. unbelievable it's just it's it's horrific now here is an oh here is the point that i was going to come back to is it right there no that's the wrong one there it is here is a, is a post the words of Zelensky edited out by fox news azov is one of million battalions they are what they are now he meanwhile tries to under un, downplay what they really are and their influence but take a listen to this this is what they cut out of the interview and ask yourself why that would make sense for an honest journalist I wanted to have have you clear something up for us, uh, and this is these reports about the Azov Battalion that is said to be Nazi affiliated organization operating as a militia in your country. Now, let me ask you a question. I love how he puts the glasses on the the Azov Battalion. Yeah, he's really he's really immersed in, in the information, right? Clearly, he's done his due diligence. The point is, why would you ask him? Tell us what this is. Clear it up for us. Oh, you mean the evidence on the record is not enough for you, journalist? All the information leading up to this, the Western press who've all been pointing at them and calling them what they are, their historical documented actions of atrocities. None of that matters, though. Why don't you clear it up for us, Zelensky? This is what propaganda looks like. And by the way, Zelensky messed it up. 
uh, said to be committing their own atrocities. What should Americans know about that unit, about those reports? So Azov was one of those many battalions. They are what they are. They were defending our country. And later, I want to explain to you. So the whole idea, well, he's Jewish. That's not possible. You're all stupid and wrong, by the way. He just basically told you the truth. They are what they are, which is Nazis, neo-Nazis and Nazis, period. And then, of course, we'll show you yet again that it's not just some battalion, that they've been immersed with the National Guard. They have their own political parties, Svoboda, National Corps, the right sectors, another large group, Georgia Battalion, the Georgia Legion, which is directly using a name from the Nazi wartime. I mean, this is ridiculously obvious. And this is how they downplay it. Explain it for us. Ah, it's one group that are Nazis. Oh, good job. Everything uh, from uh, all the components of those volunteer battalions later uh, were um, incorporated into the, the military of Ukraine. Exactly. I think he's trying to make it sound like it didn't, we went away. But we know that's not true. It's verifiably not true, especially since the Western press and even members of the U.S. Congress openly on the record said these guys are terrorists as of late 2021 into 2022 because they have political parties, because they are immersed, because they do have leadership positions all across the government. So he's lying to you, but in a way that basically admits the truth. How stupid is this? Those uh, Azov uh, fighters are no longer self-established uh, uh, group. They are uh, components of the Ukrainian military. Okay, so even if they're not self-controlled, which that still means they're present, which, by the way, he's wrong. They're, exa- they're very clearly from the top down. But nonetheless, they're there. So doesn't that simply, at the very least, open the door to look at this terrible thing that happened? Couldn't they have done it? Yes. That's why they deleted this. Back in 2014, there were situations when our volunteers were uh, encircled and some of them did violate laws, uh, laws of Ukraine. And they actually were taken to court and got uh, prison sentences. So law is above all. Oh, really? Right. And let's let's ignore in this excellent journalism piece the fact that the guy who certainly right who literally funded bankrolled his entire campaign to be president, of course, after he played president on a station that that guy owned. And then those people on that station became the cabinet of this fake president, which is not a joke. Kolomoisky, a lead oligarch in Ukraine who now lives in Israel and has dual Israeli citizenship and his son's name is Israel, funded this guy. Guess what he also funds? The Azov Battalion. All on the record. Watch this show for yourself. That's why I'm showing it. Zelensky linked to Azov Battalion. The guy who funded his campaign is a key funder of the Azov Battalion. They don't guess they missed all of that, right? I mean, think about how ridiculous this is. Now, this person, I don't, I did, this was, uh, I think it's the same clip. This is the one I just stumbled across a moment ago. They are what they are. Yeah, same clip. Reports about the, in your country. They are what they are. Yeah, same point. I don't need to include this. I already have it up there in this in this right here. But think about how obvious that is. And then ask yourself why Fox News would clip that out. That's an important question they know is on people's minds and they didn't get the answer they wanted. So they edited it, edited it out. That's Fox News, CNN, all of them. It's time for us to admit that to ourselves. And as always, I include this, the verifiable facts. U.S. Congress has made sure the battalion would get arms in 2016 because the Pentagon removed that block, despite all of the Western press lying to you and telling you that we went out of our way to stop them from getting arms, except now they don't want you to really know that because we're pretending they're no longer bad, right? It's all convoluted and ridiculous, but they made sure we armed them right up until now, and they still are.
right now. The CIA trained them in 2015 going forward, as has been admitted by multiple members of current and former members of the CIA, as well as Yahoo News reporting on the facts, CIA training program in Ukraine, 2015, as well as the FBI admitting in 2018 that yes, they're extremists. Yes, they have political parties, the National Corps, led by Alina Semenya, who then went to all these places and, and brought them into the fold. And yes, they're led by the Azov Battalion. And yes, he knows that they're paramilitaries that have known neo-Nazi ideology, 2018, and radicalized people around the world, Germany, Ukraine, Italy, and of course, the final point being the one I keep showing you that they already have an international arm, which is the Rise Above Movement, which is the group in the United States they already tried to lay at the feet of the conservative movement, even though this is the direct arm of the Alza Battalion, as admitted by this expert on the topic. Their movement has gone international. And where are the places? Look at that. Germany, Italy, the United States, Ukraine, the exact three locations that the FBI admitted they were going to. Right there. You can't. This is undeniable. I rarely state things like that. Verifiable facts. These people are extremists. They funded them. Zelensky and their group funded this same group. Right. And then again, my point was you go back to 1948. And you can see how they started building this then to fight the Soviet Union. They're doing the same thing, whether it was to blame them for it or use them against them, just like it in Syria and everywhere else they've done this. If you're tired of the facts and all you want is narrative, then don't watch the show because these are verifiable facts. And then, of course, if you want a more background, the, the discussion of all this from yesterday, here's the show for you to watch for yourselves. And then before we go into COVID, here is Nancy Pelosi very intelligently discussing what's going on in Ukraine. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Oh, so again, accuse them of that which you are guilty. Pretty simple, right? Because that's what they've done. They've they've poked and baited and driven him into this situation, whether or not you believe he wanted to and he's taken advantage of it. You have to be honest with yourself. They made this happen, period. And whether she's too stupid to know that and just is towing the line or she's part of it, it's your choice. You know, probably both and maybe the former just because of how this is going. But watch how she eloquently puts this together. A Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. So two are they, verifiably, as we've already proven. Putin, who uh, threatens chem- use of chemical weapons. Oh, did he? Oh, he threatened chemical weapons? Show me that. Pelosi. Ah, now what you're doing is you're conflating what you claim he's doing with what he's saying. He never said that. And you could argue he was going to do it, but never, ever, once, ever in this context has Putin said, I'm going to use chemical weapons or threatened it or insinuated it. Never. But all she knows is towing the line. That's her life is consumed with towing the line. I'm going to, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. Here's narrative. So apparently, according to her, he's threatened chemical weapons because that's either what she believes or she knows that's what she wants you to think. But that is what fake news looks like. Chemical weapons, um, nuclear and the rest. Nope, not even that. Nope, didn't even remotely threaten to use nuclear weapons, simply outlined their nuclear posture, which, by the way, the U.S. does all the time and then says, we'll do even worse if you go any further, which then becomes a threat. Not what he did. Now, of course, you can argue that by stating your nuclear posture, that's supposed to be taken as a threat. But in no way can an honest person argue he threatened to use nuclear weapons like Trump has done many times and as Biden has already done. I mean, this just gets so stupid. These people either are too dumb to see it or are lying to you. So they know that we can't, but it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more 
let's if we can't have an if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. Have our own, so maybe she means airplanes. I don't know why that would make sense when you don't need to be in the country to have these planes. I think she's confused. Bottom line is she's talking about the no-fly zone. And I guess rationalizing why we're going to take action around that, which are alternatively also red lines that Putin has drawn. But who cares? Because it's only when he does stuff that we're allowed to be upset about it, right? No, 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 no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, the policy more on let us do it help us get the planes but also there i mean i think she's clumsily pointing at Zelensky, right saying that he's and of course Zelensky has aggressively continued to call for the no-fly zone so she's just wrong but the point is that he'll just give us planes which is also a red line you're literally giving them fun arms and planes which is all that that's been drawn from a long time ago but nobody cares so now you're acting as if well if we don't cross if we don't do the the no-fly zone everything else is okay no it's not but this is how they give you the false dichotomy, the false choice, the, the illusion of reality. There's a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that, that those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks. That Maxar Technology showed us from the CIA? Yeah, those ones. I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think. Oh, wow. So Pelosi just said she wants to take out those tanks. The tanks that were driving from. Moscow, or rather, excuse me, to, from Russia to Ukraine. That's what happened. So tanks that are arguably, at least in part, in Russia, she wants to bomb. What's the justification for that? Why would the, what's the even remote justification for the U.S. government, who is not connected to Ukraine other than their political agenda, they're not a member of NATO, bombing Russian tanks? I mean, this is a minor version of Graham calling for Putin's assassination. You, can you imagine what would happen if Putin said it in reverse? You already know it would be blown out of proportion. People would be losing their minds, but she's just clumsy. I think she felt trapped into saying something like that. She wants to look like she knows what she's talking about. And the CIA would have, I want to bomb them, but we just can't. Our hands are tied because we're a democracy. She's ridiculous. I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military st strategist. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place, I hope, you asked me how, I've, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go. What was that? I don't even know what you tried to say right there. Now, are the MiGs what are being sent? I don't think that's even correct, but that's not the point. Go to Ukraine, the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, there it is. Uh, can backfill for Poland. Right, because they're going to send Russian planes, because that makes sense, right? Or was that a slip? Sort of like they already got caught sending Soviet-era weapons quietly under the scene. Right? Do you remember that? I hope so. Because it's a very important conversation. Wall Street Journal. March 21st. U.S. sending Soviet-era defense systems to secret... It's secretly acquired... Why would that even make sense? Why would you send outdated old systems when you have far technologically advanced and superior weaponry? Why would you send them defense, to any defense or weaponry, right? Think about that. Because it's easy to then blame it on Russia. It's a no-brainer. These are the people that are leading. If you want to say, if you want to pretend that's even the reality, because I don't believe, I think she's being led by the nose by people above her. But the point is, this person is in a, a quote unquote position of power. 
That is embarrassing. She can barely speak properly. And I'm not even trying to insult her or people that are elderly or whatever else. I, I, this person's a war criminal. This person is either a war criminal by ignorance or because she's part of this. And this, that is not something to excuse. And I'm not going to pretend that her being in a position of power that's making these kind of statements about bombing people. These are lives in those tanks, by the way. Even and when she barely seems to comprehend what's happening. It's horrific. Now, jumping into COVID-19, because obviously this conversation is very important, guys. This is, there's a waterfall of information on this side of it too, coming out around this narrative that's proving one, that you already correct, that what we've been talking about is correct, that what we've proven to you is correct. And on the other side of it, doubling down on things, even though they've been proven wrong. As I said in the beginning, here's Aaron M, uh, uh, Kirati, MD, finally got the unredacted version of this FOIA document three months after the release of the vaccine, Pfizer vaccine had to hire 600 additional full-time employees, which we've already seen a version of this before, where they plan to hire 1,800 total just to process the flood of adverse events reported. I talked about this on the Richie Allen Show. It says it as plain as day. They, due to the large amount of spontaneous adverse event reports, which as I said in the show, they're probably dismissed as reports. Well, they were reports, so, you know, we don't know for sure they're real. Of course, then that would demand they should do their due diligence to find out, but that's where they leave it, of course. We don't know for sure, therefore fake. Pfizer's also taken... A multi, mul, taken multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase of events, adverse event reports. This includes significant technology enhancements. Bottom line, eventually 800 additional resources, people. So they know this is happening and they just don't want you to see it. Here's another one from the, from the same FOIA documents. Company was aware of vaccine-associated enhanced disease during post-authorization monitoring. Those of us who raised this possibility last year were vilified. They knew this stuff. They knew that people were being hurt and they hid it from you. And shocker, that's what they've already done many times. I mean, just taking Pfizer for the most obvious example. Now, people are beginning to really point this out more, but we should, this has been pointed out by a lot of us from the very beginning. Over $10 billion in penalties. Many of them were specifically for safety-related offenses, lying about efficacy, lying about the, what the drugs could do. I mean, look, just safety, which is what we're talking about, whether they're safe, 15 times for a total of $5 billion, Pfizer's been caught lying. Here we are again. But you're a conspiracy theorist if you think they would do it for the 16th time. That makes sense, right? Now, in the big shift here, which I think is just monumental that we're, nobody's really talking about, the concept of classical herd immunity may not apply to COVID-19 after two plus years. You're telling me they only just now stumbled into this reality? If that's even true? No, it's perfectly timed because it's advantageous. That's my opinion. This is March 31st. Here's the document itself. The concept of classical herd immunity. And this, of course, is National Institute of Health and specifically including Anthony Fauci. Now, this is just the main page. Let's go through some of the parts I wanted to read. Neither infection nor vaccination appears to induce prolonged protection against SARS-CoV-2. Can you believe that? This is one of those points where I'm just going like, gosh, do I have to do this again for the 30,000th time? Do I have to talk about masks again? Like, yes, apparently I do, because they are just going to triple, quadruple, 35 times over the top, again and again and again and again, say the same thing, no matter how many times I show this stuff. It's unreal. 
So he, but this is him saying that not natural immunity. They, it doesn't appear to induce prolonged protection. Well, let's do it again. Here's directly from the NIH, January 26th, lasting immunity. I mean, this is why we know we live in a cartoon. We know we live in a ridiculously controlled, socially engineered society. How is it possible that the NIH website itself can say that this is lasting after natural infection, and yet they're over here himself saying, well, you don't know for sure. Appear, does, we, another one appears to induce protection, prolonged, lasting, or durable or sustainable, right? Had COVID-19? You'll probably make antibodies for a lifetime, May 27, 2021, from Nature. All of these are leading, leading, top-level scientific publications, which doesn't mean you should blindly trust them. But people who have been infected will probably make antibodies against the virus for the rest of their lives, suggesting that researchers have identified long-lived antibody-producing cells in the bone marrow of people who've recovered. Now, this, actually, I just realized I didn't even include the other parts of this. Oh, I, I did, actually. I'll get to it. Hold on. Go through these. Here is June 1st, 2021 from The Lancet. You know, that conspiracy theory rag. SARS-CoV-2 elicits robust, adaptive, immune responses regardless of disease severity. They've hid from that one for a long time, pretending, well, we don't know. You could get really sick and it might not work. Or it has to be really bad for it to be lasting. None of that's true. They just keep lying to you. And of course, as I always point out, this is about a lot of it. It's about T-cell responses, CD8 T-cells, MMRB. All of these are talking about the same thing. Round, durable, robust, lasting immunity for other variants as well. But they're hiding from it. Here's WHO from May 2021. Natural immunity. Within four weeks following infection, up to 99% of individual individuals develop detectable neutralizing antibodies. And you can read further into it. It goes on to discuss the exact same things we're talking about. Here, Science Magazine. Having SARS-CoV-2 once confers much greater immunity than a vaccine. And of course, just to keep themselves relevant, they go, but, but there still is a vital reason we should use them. Fine. If you want to think that, you feel free. The point is what they found. Better. Not just better, but much greater. Here, JCI Insights. This is from March 15, 2021. A majority of uninfected adults show pre-existing... All these are peer-reviewed, by the way. All these are peer-reviewed. A majority of uninfected adults show pre-existing antibody reactivity. Now, how is that even possible? Well, it is because people who had the cold, people who had SARS, or whatever else you want to talk about. People that had this before we knew it was circulating because it's not that dangerous. All ended up having antibodies. A majority of what they said were uninfected adults. So technically, you would argue this wouldn't even be people that got COVID before. The point is people who are not infected in March 2021 already had antibodies. That should have been a huge bombshell. Geez, we don't even need anything. Most of you are already protected. Nope, they shuttled this down. They hit it. They called it fake news. And they never talked about it again. Well, here's another one that adds to the same findings. So here's two different peer-reviewed studies that found the same thing. This one's from 2020. SARS-CoV-2, T-cell immunity in cases of COVID-19 and SARS, but also an unexpected finding in the uninfected controls. Same point. So the point is these people that were uninfected and used as controls just turned out to have T-cell immunity. And the point was it was from from SARS or just other things, cold, common cold. There's been a lot of peer-reviewed science that have said this already. And they've let it come out a lot more later, lately, 
that, well, if you got the cold, you might already have antibodies. Well, why doesn't this matter? How is that all possible and openly discussed? And even the CDC and the NIH have come out and admitted that natural immunity is, is there. And all this science is, is there. And yet he still has the nerve to write this and say, we don't know for sure. Neither in, is indicating appear, appears to indicate prolonged protection. How is this peer, peer-reviewed science that all says that not apply? SAR, natural SARS-CoV-2 infection induces more durable immunity than vaccination. Finally, ultra-potent antibodies against diverse and highly transmissible SARS-CoV-2 variants. It says, our study demonstrates that convalescent subjects, people that previously infected with ancestral variants, so the very first one, produce antibodies that cross-neutralize emerging variants of concern with high potency. That's talking about Delta, Omicron, and we've already proven it with another previous study that also finds it in children with Omicron, that their previous immunity is still working from just natural infection. All of this is there. This is why this is banging your head against a wall. Get this in front of people. It's unbelievable that we have to keep doing this. If peer-reviewed science doesn't mean anything and all they do is keep going, we don't know for sure, then nothing means anything. But that's what they've already shown us. Lasting, durable, and robust. If you, I did that the other day. If you just look up those three words, you will find an endless amount that says the same thing. Then, of course, a new variant has already been discovered. XE. What do we know and why? Of course, don't be alarmed, though. Because it's like, well, we don't want you to be alarmed just yet. We want you to know it's there. And then when we want to pull that trigger. Then we'll make you really scared about it by testing a lot and arguing it's more dangerous. It just is never going to stop. The point is they're going to keep giving people injections, which will show you next, which are, hurt, which are hurting people, which are not giving them any kind of help, ultimately down, removing any kind of effort from their own immune system to be able to fight back. Meanwhile, those of you that actually got, if you think that's even what's happening, sick, according to their own peer-reviewed science, are good. You're good. You don't, you are, you're making antibodies for every variant that's popped up since. It's lasting, durable, robust, according to the NIH, according to the nature, for the rest of your life. Regardless of how severe it is, according to the WHO, better than the injection. And maybe if you had nothing of anything, you probably already have those things too. Just ridiculous. But we're fake news because Fauci, I guess, is too stupid to figure these things out. No, he's lying to you. He is lying, bold, bald-faced lying. Now, of course, despite all of that, the U.S. government is taking another $10 billion from your empty pockets for COVID response. Still, you know why? To vaccinate the world. One, why is that your responsibility? And two, why are we still doing this when it's been shown that we don't need to? That it's not making, it's, I mean, on top of that, guys, do you realize that they're right now about, and I'll show you in Fauci's discussion, they're about to push out some new thing, some natural universal thing. Yet right now, they're still forcing this on everybody. How does that even make sense when they're telling you it barely works? It, and even then, you need one every three months or six months to even make that not completely fall apart and increase your risk, even though it does in the beginning anyway, as their own science has shown. Why are they pushing this? And guess what? It goes further than that. They're talking about children. They're talking about making this happen, not just for everyone in the world, but we're going to push this specifically for pediatric vaccines. The group that is so completely not affected by this, they have to lie about hospitalizations and deaths. They get caught by their own people over and over. Twice now that's happened. When the risk is less than the flu for most everybody, children are one in a million chance, according to Oxford's calculator around COVID. And yet this is what they're doing with your money while you can barely feed your family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Vaccine doses. 
Today, we're adding to our list of firsts, announcing that we will be the first nation to donate tens of millions of pediatric COVID-19 vaccines to low and lower middle income countries for free with no strings attached. Yeah, I mean, I doubt that they're going to want it, seeing as how India and plenty of other places have already made it clear what happens. They get hurt. You know, how'd that GMO situation work out? Oh, did you not know that they're now more food scarce than they were before Bill Gates and that big push for GMOs? That's weird. We don't know that, right? As they push in the next genetically modified agenda. How is it not relevant that they tried GMOs and yelled everybody back for saying it doesn't look right? It might be dangerous. You're all conspiracy theorists. It's going to improve the world. And it made it worse. They're more food scarce than they were before. Talk to anybody in India in these different locations. They'll tell you that. Or whether the injections, the oral polio vaccine, which gave people polio. I mean, for crying out loud. But yet here they are running the same agenda because that makes sense. And now we're outsourcing with your money these dangerous things to children that don't need them. What in the world is going on? Well, here's another lie. Both of these coming from my brother, by the way. He's always finding some really interesting things on these, watching these things for me when I don't want to have to watch them all the time. But here is, oh, let me see if I, uh, oh, there it is. Number one, he's talking about a cup from, basically we're talking about mRNA in your body. And this is just yet another example of them aggressively lying. Oh, wait a minute. Before I get to that, I realized that I was on the one, the very first point of Fauci's paper and I jumped past it. I mean, I'm glad I didn't forget that. So this point was about no, neither one appears to be lasting protection, which he's blatantly lying about. Let's keep going on that before I go to that next point. If vaccine or infection induced immunity to SARS-CoV-2 indeed proves to be short lived, like this is while we know for a fact, based on all these peer reviewed scientific studies from, a, I mean, I've seen at least 20 plus saying the same thing. And yet he's like, well, we're still figuring it out. Like he's just waiting for the one observational 30 second study that says what he wants to say. And that's the one, right? Or if escape mutants continue to emerge, which they're telling you will never stop happening. Sort of like, I mean, think about the flu. The flu happened every year. Every single year, they, they justify the need for a new injection, new flu variant. So why did they ever think this was going to stop? Because that's the plan. It's never supposed to stop. That's my opinion. Viral spread may continue indefinitely, albeit hopefully at a low endemic level, which seems to be what all the evidence suggests, but yet they're still pushing injections on people that are using an injection that is based on a, a isolate or whatever you want to claim what happened in the beginning from the very beginning which they've admitted has zero effect on what we're dealing with today. In fact, the reality is if you give them something based on the wrong antibodies, will you hurt people? Do you know who told us that on the record? Anthony Fauci, when he was speaking with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, he told you on the record that in fact, the wrong antibodies hurt you. There's another element to safety, and that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection but in people who are out there in a risk situation. So you, testing on you to find out why this would happen. And here's Dr. Ryan Cole telling you the same thing. We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this 
horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a population down the road. Yep. We're watching that happen right now. So re realize that the injections they're still giving, the ones that they're spending your money on and sending around the world are still based on the very first concept of this. You just heard Fauci and other experts tell you that's bad. Why are we pretending that makes sense? Because there's more going on than we realize. It says what they're discussing here has notably occurred with the 1918 pandemic influenza virus, which, by the way, was that, I mean, 90 plus percent pneumonia, which even Fauci's own paper admits. Which, by the way, they were all wearing masks. One of the first examples of that happening is a widespread example. But, you know, we don't want to factor that possibility in. And no, I'm not saying Fauci said that because that's not what actually happened. That was a manipulation. He didn't even mention masks in the study, but it says they're causing seasonal outbreaks 104 years later, right? So why wouldn't they factor that in today? Why wouldn't we go, well, maybe that might happen again? Nope. Ejections, injections, forced, mandates, stressed, herd immunity just as fast and hard as possible. And now after two and a half years, we're going, oh, that was all for naught. We were wrong. Wasn't going to happen. So just keep taking them forever. Oh, you mean exactly like the conspiracy theorist said was going to happen? Weird. Yet another one. Now it goes on to say, in which we have been unable 104 years of H2N2, and I mean, H1N1 is listed, which was also a pandemic of fear, as even the HHS and CDC, or excuse me, WHO, called out. They called them pandemics of fear. Even the WHO. They lied about this, guys. H1N1 was a lie. That's You can look this stuff up for yourself. They hyped and lied, and so too was the original swine flu. We played that clip a million times where the guy's like, did you have any cases? No, we didn't. And yet they forced injections, which hurt people. But he's going, after 104 years of this evolving, and which we have been unable after more than 80 years of trying to fully control with vaccines. So th at this point, they're willing to stand back and go, gee, after 80 years of using vaccination technology to try to control the flu, we still can't do it. But we promised we would do it within months with SARS-CoV-2 with an experimental injection that we just made that we've never tested. But yeah, we know because it's going to happen, right? Oh, well, now he's admitting it was never going to happen. Gee, maybe because after 80 years, you couldn't do it with the other one. Maybe that was an indication. You start to get the picture. They're lying to you. Whatever was just forced on everybody was clearly, at the very least, a grasping assumption. Such factors probably make SARS-CoV-2 impossible to eradicate. Why wouldn't we factor that in the beginning? Difficult to satisfactorily control, even with good vaccines. So why are we even trying if this a complete up-in-the-air hypothetical? And then we add in the fact that we used relative risk reduction instead of absolute risk reduction, which means you're basically doing all of this. You're trying guessing with genetic things that are hurting people for a 0.08% decrease in risk. Because that's the truth. You see how this begins to look really ridiculous? More than a year of vaccines with boosters, high degree of background population immunity, basically saying after more than a year of vaccines with boosters, we have a high degree of background population immunity. Which, what does that even mean? So we're saying her immunity is probably not possible, but we have this large background population immunity, by the way, almost entirely based on their own evidence from people that have gotten this from natural. And all the problems we're seeing are people that are getting it after or whatever we're dealing with, whether it's a flu or anything else, after getting this injection, which increases their problem. Also peer-reviewed science. 
with these interventions we can aspire to and like very likely will succeed in achieving substantial control of community spread. Or you could just leave that last word off and realize that what he really means is you. Right? We'll keep doing this. We'll just keep trying forever. It only took us 80 years and we still haven't gotten the flu under control, but we'll keep going for this one. Just keep going along. Get your booster tomorrow and just keep going. It will be, we'll have it done the next one or the next one or the next 10 or the next 30 or maybe 80 plus years. You know, who knows? We no longer need the elusive concept of herd immunity, he says. Why? COVID-19 control is already within our grasp. How does that even make compute? To, so you're literally telling us that these injections are what we, we just keep we keep discussing. We're getting boosters and it's not working. And we're working on a better one. But yeah, somehow within our control. The whole point, guys, the moral of the story is endless vaccination. Endless vaccination. That is the point. That is the, the exact end goal here. Looking forward, more broad, by the way, the flu, same thing. Exactly what already happens with the flu. Looking forward, more broadly, protective vaccines could play important roles in controlling SARS-CoV-2 and its inevitable variants. That would mean could. That's the only thing you're pointing out here. Developing universal coronavirus vaccines, and there it is, is an important goal for the immediate future. Immediate future. Why? They're already making it. That's already been leaked out by other independent or other mainstream outlets. They're making it right now. So why would they still be giving you something when they know they're making something because this one doesn't work? Because that's going to be the next thing. And they're going to, in my opinion, fold it in as another booster. Meanwhile, optimal COVID-19 control will require both classic, non-pharmacological public health approaches, you know, like lockdowns and masks and everything else, because even a mask is considered non-pharmaceutical, and vaccination of many more people globally with SARS-CoV-2 specific vaccines we already have with booster shots and with updates to vaccine antigens if needed. Yeah, just a casual, endless stream of boosters and shots and updates and, and antigens and new universals and just ongoing forever. Based on the assumption that we can do something we've never done before in the context of these respiratory viruses, right? This is a health coup. <laughs> I mean, this is unreal. And this is what we're getting into in a moment about the international part of this. Living with COVID is best considered not as reaching a numerical threshold of immunity, by the way, which is exactly what they kept telling you we would always be doing from day one until right now. Now, living with COVID is, by the way, the Great Barrington Declaration is what tried to float that earlier. And they laughed and said, you're so stupid. You guys are so conspiracy theorists. You guys hate science. And here we are doing the exact same thing. How do we not see how ridiculous these people are? But as optimizing population protection without prohibitive restrictions on our daily lives. So living with COVID is best considered as reaching this number, but as optimizing population protection without basically saying, we don't want to have to put you on lockdown. We don't want to, but we will if we need to. Always been the point. As Rich People Weekly points out, and just like that, they may have killed herd immunity with cyclical lockdowns, poor therapeutics, variant-inducing vaccines, and constant fear. This is one from the Faustista and his buddies at... And, uh, and I aid, and I aid, I'm sure. Mission accomplished, Fauci. You got your forever war. And indeed, he did. Finally, going to the point that was at last, this, man, these people are liars or are just don't understand that they're wrong. And to them, it means that they're right because they've trusted the authority. And that's what people actually think is being smart today. Here's what he was saying. Here's the first video. 
Oh, I don't understand why that happens. Hold on. Some, sometimes it's the same QuickTime video that I've downloaded, and sometimes they just don't want to work on this. Yeah, another one. One second. I'm just going to open them and do it like I did last time. Might be a little bit lower, so turn your mics up, or your volume up. Okay. Let's do the first one. And here we go. Number one. There we are. My question. Some people come to me and say, look, I don't want to take these vaccines because the mRNA vaccine changes your immune system. It alters your personal immune system. Okay, they want to take the vaccine. Is that accurate? I don't believe that. I think... Right. So he goes, it alters your immune system. I don't believe that. What does that even mean? You don't believe that. People are pointing at science, scientific research that comes to the conclusion beyond a shadow of a doubt that it absolutely clearly, and you don't even need science to back this up. If you are not producing the things that you're like, so you're getting this injection and your immune system stops doing the thing they're telling you it's supposed to do. That's your immune system failing, not the injection that's no longer present. Your immune system doesn't work anymore. And that's being shown because they get sick later and they get even worse over and over and over. I, I don't believe that. So are we talking science here or your opinion? Great opinion check, what they always do. This is technologies since the 1980s. I think vaccines have evolved in a positive direction. Oh, again, he floats that lie. This is technology from the 1980s. No, it's not. You utter. I can't get past that. He's either lying or stupid. These are. This is a brand new thing that, yes, they've been working on some level. This is the equivalent of saying that your car is from the 1940s or whenever the first car was made. Are we really going to pretend that makes sense? This is something they've been tinkering with and failing at aggressively for a long time. They had never succeeded until now. Even Obviously, now they didn't succeed. The point is they pretend they did, but they failed over and over and over in aggressive ways, hurting people, children, ferrets, until, I guess, pretending to simultaneously succeed across multiple platforms all at the same time. Except we can see that's not what happened because they're hurting people. But 1980s, been around forever. Which, by the way, even if that was true, it does not change the safety trials that took very, very truncated short periods of time. Just because he's been working on this for 20 years doesn't mean the safety trials take any less time. It's all talking points, guys. Now, I know this is low, so I apologize. It's the best I can do for whatever reason. They play some... Quick time videos and not others on my pl- on the stream yard. Not sure why. The mRNA is only in your body for two days. It's very similar to when your own body makes thousands of them a day. That's I mean, see again, it's not only in your body for two days, and it's not even remotely similar to what your body makes. This is a jet modified version. RNA is what your body makes. mRNA, well, first of all, mRNA as well, but mod RNA is what is in these injections. I've made this clear before. He probably doesn't even know that. Mod mRNA, a mod RNA, which is you look at any of the documentation, they just use mRNA and they conflate it. But it's mod. Moderna, Pfizer, all of them, the ones that use mRNA, they're using modified RNA. So it's not even remotely the same. Just like the GMO conversation, they're using genetically modified items here. Signal certain cells to make parts of the protein or the virus. It doesn't claim. 
Yeah, of course, because then you ignore all the people that report the problems and say they're fake news. I mean, it's just silly. It's absolutely ridiculous. So let's look at. I might just play the, oh, just that one since I don't want to go back to this again. But let's look at the evidence. Right? I could literally show you, and I mean, say just I don't want to just just like with the natural immunity part of it. But here's just it's very obvious. This is from January 18th, 2022. Intracellular reverse transcription of Pfizer Biotech COVID-19 mRNA vaccine in vitro in human liver cell lines. This is specifically liver, but you can find examples of this being found in, in the, I showed you the, 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 there's two now post-mortem autopsies of people that got the injection. What do they find? mRNA in every organ in the body. I did entire shows on this. Does this guy know this? Does he care? Even worse than that, guys, ask how stupid it is that the guy talking to him, who's supposed to be a journalist, has no clue, no pushback, no, but wait a minute, this is peer-reviewed science. I mean, are they even researching this stuff? These supposed journalists are just sitting there with a blank stare as they get lied to. A recent study showed that SARS-CoV-2 RNA, that's this is specifically what we're talking about, can be reverse transcribed in and integrated into the genome of human cells. We investigated the effects of the injection on human liver cell lines. We also show that the injection mRNA, specifically the BNT162B2, BioNTech injections mRNA, which by the way is technically mod RNA, is reverse transcribed intracellularly into DNA as fast as six hours upon the injection. And of course, we've shown you the conversations about how this is within your bloodstream within an hour. It's just an ongoing lie. Right? I mean, it just, I can't get past it. Finally, Fauci, which I think we might, I think I'm just going to leave it here. We can finish up with some of this tomorrow. I was going to go over a couple more points, but I think two hours is a good place to leave it. We got over the main points. I was going to go over something else he sent me in regard to Fauci lying, but this can be discussed anywhere. The the point is always about the immunocompromised discussion, how I keep showing they never studied that, yet they're pushing on them first. A great article by the Counter Signal we'll get into tomorrow or the next show in regard to COVID death rate among vaccinated and boosted surpasses unvaccinated. But we keep showing you every single week with UK data and everything else. And just as I, since I said it earlier, just last point to finish on, we told you this before. They're telling you this right now. Vaccine boosted needed boosters needed every six months for the foreseeable future, says UK government. Yes, they're openly telling you. It's always been clear, guys. It's just whether or not you're willing to pay attention. Thank you for being here, guys. I appreciate you always taking the time. I see somebody's pointing out the you, one thing you'll notice that if you look a little bit like a little orange, you'll know that I'm at uh, at the different location. I, I'm not sure which lighting I like better. You guys can let me know in the chat. This one versus the office. I get mixed reviews. The difference is there's just a different light setting on the cover, but I like both. But anyway, thank you for being here, guys. I really appreciate you always taking the time to be objective. And to just be courageous in a time where that the, the very act of being the very being having courage in a time in a political manipulation is just like it's it's treated as ignorance. I mean, it really is. It's it's actually it's it's Orwellian. They're literally saying that it's courageous to toe a line. It's easy. It's the easiest thing in the world right now to say I stand with Ukraine. Look at them doing that. Russia bad guy. And yet they frame that as being the courageous ones fighting against the conspiracy theorists. I mean, we live in an inverse world. I mean, this is, the, I mean, don't forget the Bilderberg conversation 
the was the post truth world. If that's not where we are, I've never seen it before. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you for all the birthday wishes as well. I, I just I, I'm I'm inspired every day that we have the audience we do that you guys are a part of this. As I've said many times in the past, you are the last American vagabond, and they see this, guys. They are trying to stop what we're doing because we are affecting people. We are reaching people. Somebody just sent me a really great email today. Just, you know, making sure they know that, that what I do and what we've done as T-Lab in general has changed their life. That they weren't buying, they weren't, they were buying the narrative and now they're seeing through it. I mean, just, we have to realize that there are people seeing through this every day because of what we're doing, because of what you're doing, because of what the, the clips, the star, maybe every, everything we're doing is compounding, connecting to reach people, even if it's one person every day. So if you think that they're, it's impossible, that we just won't get through to these people because they're completely brainwashed, recognize that one by one, day by day, we are reaching them. That's why they're afraid of what you're doing. Stay the course. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What happened is the United States and European Union mobilized this virulent nationalist group out of Lvov in western Ukraine among whom were these neo-Nazis who worshipped Stepan Bandera and the, Band, uh, the Banderista movement, uh, which was a pro-Nazi Ukrainian national movement, carried out a resistance in that area for decades. Um, these guys came in and took over Maidan, violently overthrew the, the, the legitimate president of Ukraine, and then imposed themselves through force of violence into the Ukrainian body politic. To give you an example of how powerful they are, when Poroshenko, who was the president before Zelensky, uh, negotiated the Minsk Accords in 2015, 2014, 2015, you know, he agreed that all they had to do is give a special autonomous situation to their status to the Donetsk and Lugansk, and they would stay part of Ukraine. He agreed with Germany and France. Then he came back and the neo-Nazis said, if you try and implement that, we'll kill you. Americans get upset with a bunch of rioters taking the capital and then leaving the same day. I get upset about it. I'm not happy about it. But the, it ain't an insurrection. An insurrection is what happened in Ukraine. What's happening every day. Zelensky was told. He was elected to be the president who brought peace. If you remember, Zelensky toured the front line because they were supposed to disarm. And he went up to the Azov battalion and he said, disarm. And they laughed at him, kicked him out. He said, I'm the president of Ukraine. They said, shut up. We'll slap you. He had to leave. And he was told, if you sign Minsk, we will hang you by the neck until dead. That's the control these people have. And they've done it in the military. They, you know, these people should have been disbanded, arrested, shot. Instead, the military absorbed them and then promoted their officers throughout the ranks so that there's neo-Nazis everywhere. And the biggest embarrassment of all is when British, American, and Canadian troops go to Ukraine to train that military and NATO tactics, NATO equipment. The photographs show that they're training the Azov Battalion because those were the first units the Ukrainian military brought forward for training. We trained Nazis. 